Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Small Scale Life is a blog and weekly podcast dedicated to developing a sustainable life through gardening, healthy living, frugal living, and having some adventures along the way. We strive to always learn, do, and grow. This is Season 2, Episode 2, and I'm your host, Tom. I'm really excited today. I have Captain Lumber Squatch, who is a dad, a husband, a homesteader, a learner of old ways, the hillbilly of hillbillies, Greg Burns from Nature Image Farms. Dude, welcome to the show. Hey, buddy. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. It's been a long train coming. I'm happy to uh, finally get on here and, and talk to you about uh, all things hillbilly and lumber squatchy and homesteadiness and mead making or Whatever rabbit hole we climb. Whatever rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm excited to have you on here. I think we started talking, boy, back in September, but just with everything going on, you were busy, I was busy, and finally it just worked out. So um, I'm I'm thrilled to have you on the uh, probably the number three podcast in the world, behind the sample hour and behind some other podcasts that we will never know what it is. But welcome <laughs> to the number three podcast in the world. Maybe it's Diego Footer, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am. I'm happy to be here, Tom. It's great to talk with you know like-minded folks, yeah, you know, and actually reaching listeners who are uh, care and tune in and and want to know more about your guest and you know make their place a little better. So sure, sure, and you know it's cool. You are you are living how I would like to live in the future. I'm I'm in a suburban area right now and renting, and we're gearing up. I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast, and I know you have, and appreciate all the likes and everything and shares, um, you know, we're gearing up to make a move to the rural area in the next, well, in the next year, year and a half, we'll be moving over somewhere. We haven't picked out land. We haven't done any of that piece yet, but we're getting really excited about it, and that's you know, p- talking to people that are doing it, who have that experience, is it's going to be a lot of fun because I'm going to learn a lot, and hopefully, some of our listeners who are following us in different groups and I post things out there, hopefully, they'll learn a little bit too. We just had a friend that just bought some property in Western Wisconsin. They're really excited. They got 11 acres, and that's a lot, but uh, they're really excited too. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Not, I, I know you've been on the sample hour a couple times, three times to be exact, And uh, but my listeners might not know who you are. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Well, I'm Greg, and uh, I guess you could consider me um, a modern-day back-to-the-lander, recovering permaculturalist, uh, homesteader, wannabe farmer, uh, father of seven. Wow. Um, and yeah, my wife and I, we uh, raised seven kids uh, out here on the homestead. Uh, we homeschool. We, we've, we're getting back to uh, a more simple way of living, getting back to the old ways and learning those alongside of our, our kids and passing that down. We're, you know, building local community. Sure. And, uh, you know, just uh, producing some amazing um, products by just doing something simple like, you know, working with nature rather than against it. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, it's it's a it's a heck of a ride, and it's it's a it's a blessing to be out here, you know, living like this. But you know, like anybody else, you know, we we haven't always done this. We never right. knew how to do any of this. We, <laughs> you know, like anybody else, we, you know, bought into the American scheme, I mean, uh-huh. the American dream, the American and, dream, man. Mm-hmm, the American scheme, and we had you know two, uh, you know, two car payments, yep. uh, you know, a brand new uh, cookie cutter house built yep. in a subdivision, and we. 
we lived that life with the upward sports and uh you know mm. double cut in the backyard and fertilizing and you know it's it's been it's been a progression from there to um to kind of to get us to here but you know our story is no different from anybody else's story it'd be a similar story as yours and just yeah. on different timelines yeah yeah that is yeah and I'm just thinking the, what you described is exactly how we were living in Illinois, you know, in a uh, McMansion. It wasn't a mansion, but, you know, in a, in a beige neighborhood, you know, with uh, less than a quarter acre lawn and it was all fertilized and, you know, all that good stuff. Flat as a pancake, no character, uh, no trees, nothing. Um, sounds like you were in a similar place in, in, in Ohio. So um, what yeah. what was the what was the. Tr- what what tripped your trigger what said let's change i don't want to do this anymore yeah it's probably a super um super long story but eventually we we got to a point to where mm-hmm. we uh, wanted to start raising some food in the backyard gotcha um so we had we had some raised beds and did some trellising and um sounds know, familiar like <laughs> yeah man it's you know and we were we, we loved it we, we yeah. felt like farmers in our neighborhood because there was you know one other older couple who um, you know, they, they grew stuff and we grew mm-hmm. stuff. And so we were like, we had a sense of camaraderie with each other because we were like the only ones doing that kind of thing. And that was, that was cool. And, yeah. um, you know, but we, you know, we have a large family of seven kids at that time. We didn't have as many, but you realize, man, I, we can do an awful lot in my backyard, but I'm, I'm, I can't meet all my family's needs, even if right. I wanted to. And we always, I think as men kind of fantasize and romanticize of, you know, uh, being the Davy Crockett or the, or the mountain man out there, you know, doing all those things, living in Alaska and um, providing for the family, sure. and living those adventures and being Grizzly Adams. And mm-hmm. So that's always, I probably kind of back there a little bit, but, you know, I didn't have any farming background. I'm like three uh, gens removed from any of that kind of knowledge. So it's not like, you know, we sat around talking about and dreaming it with family. It was just a progression. And, mm-hmm. you know, we got a little bit more conscious, a little bit more aware about what we were eating, what we were putting into our bodies, start taking our our health and can you imagine our own life and our own hands you know it sounds crazy and um you know we started heading down that road and you know um when we when when my wife and i were expecting we we had uh, midwives and home births and oh wow i went we kind of just went way back in time as most people you know thought that we were doing but um yeah so we just you know we started down that road and you know we were doing all those things but that wasn't enough to really that wasn't the catapult to to, to really get us out here we were mm-hmm. you know trying to make some moves and we, we had owned five acres um out here in the country but it was more of a playground where uh-huh. we could just take four wheelers through and hunt and sure you know just kind of be hillbillies but um, can you hunt on five uh, acres I, I was curious about that oh yeah yeah, yeah I, I hunted five acres for years really so, yeah, I put many, many, many deer. I mean, um, the thing, you know, with, with hunting, you, um, whether it's five acres or even 500 acres, um, there's a great chance that deer, uh, that you harvest likely doesn't even reside on your property. That is very true. A a, a huge migratory, uh, animals. And, um, it's just a, if you can do something simple, like what I did on five acres and, you know, hunt off of food plots, Yep. Yep. uh, you know, bring them in, have a a reason for them to be there. And then you take advantage of that, you know, situation, but you can do, you can do, I mean, just like, you know, you can do so much, um, in in a backyard, you can do a tremendous amount, even on five acres, but yeah, now my wife's probably going to say, see, see, you don't need 10 acres or 11 or 12 or 15 acres. You can have five. <laughs> <clears throat> well, there's a, there's another, there's a longer story, but yeah, you can do, you can do a whole lot yeah. um, on a, on a whole little, it's just a matter of, um, you know, 
educating yourself and, and learning a little bit and yep. you know, actually having the ground to, to do something on. You could, you know, I, I, I've told everyone who's been out here, I mean, I could, you know, our, our place is 15 acres. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a five acre homestead and then the farm is a couple of driveways down on 10 acres. Oh, okay. Um, and I use the word farm loosely because we're, I, I'm, I don't want to be a farmer when I grow up. I'm not sure. a farmer. I'm just, uh, Drew calls me a, uh, the, the contrary farmer, but I, <laughs> I'm, I would say more of a contrary farmsteader or I don't know. That, well, and that's but, interesting because I, I was envisioning, you know, because I knew you had your house and your property right there. I, I thought that was all it. I didn't realize that you had your other 10 acres down the road a piece. I didn't I didn't put that together. I, I had no idea. I thought it was all together. Oh, yeah. The 10 acre site is kind of more of the permaculture site. Gotcha. Per se. I, I don't I'm not a, I mean, it's, I'm nothing against permaculture, but I just I try to um you know, stay away from using some some buzzwords sometimes yep. when I can, but that 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 site is is heavily influenced by like Mark Shepard and oh, I see. Sepp Holzer. Their their works where uh, it's you know, you know we have a, a, a perennial orchard, a perennial orchard with wow. swales and a, a ridge pond and uh, some hugel swales and you know um, I guess for a lack of you know for easy understanding food forestry mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, things like that going on on that site where it was we kind of set it up early on to be a source for you know kind of perennial foods and sure. um you know things like that but that's that's the that's the 10 acre farm that's kind of a longer dream you've put that work in early and yeah. kind of watch it grow and rather than the five acre homestead you know if we are talking permaculture the five acre homestead is definitely or you know most of it is going to be a zone one a uh-huh. zone two zone three kind of a thing right uh, where the farm is more of our zone five zone four area they're just not connected so so, so are is your livestock at the 10 acres or are they at the homestead or at the five well, acres, yeah. We uh, well, well, both. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, right now, right now, just here at the live at um, here at, at the homestead. Um, this summer, we um, we have a lot of pasture. Sure. Um, there, and we have like a, a silvo pasture area where we have uh, you know fruit and nut trees uh-huh. on contour, mm-hmm. and then we have about uh, about thirty foot spacings between them. Um, that's all grass. So we like to get. Uh, animals up there to graze the grass, keep that maintained, but sure. also uh, use the animals to fertilize the system because oh, we yeah. are on a hill. Mm-hmm. So we put them up above, you know, each each row of um, of trees, and you know, they they'll manure it and fertilize it and graze. We have to keep them off the trees and things, of course. And uh, when I say trees, I mean it, that that it sounds tremendously exciting, but they're just seedlings still. Sure, sure. They're they're, they're, they're sticks in the ground that mm-hmm. one day I hope bear fruit. Um, but anyways, we still like to get in there and do that. But so so this year we ran. Um, uh, some meat birds over okay. there, and um, uh, experimented with some some management styles there, and um, you quickly uh, again realize that you know, Mother Nature always wins. Yeah, you can you can work with her, you, you're not going to work against her. But uh, I was out traveling out in Boston, and over a three day period, um, lost four thousand dollars in meat birds oh, um, due to everything, dude. and oh. they were all on the camera. I mean, I had a coyote, fox. <sighs> raccoons um, even some feral cats running through there so wow. but that's you know that's all part of it so um so right now um uh, we'll probably um we, we have a house cow that we milk for our, our own uh, mm-hmm. milk supply we'll probably i'd like to get her over to the farm because there's sure. just there's just a lot more pasture than there than there is here on the five acre homestead so we'll probably get her over there um this year and um, we, I'm, I'm hard headed, so we'll probably try again <laughs> with meat birds there and a little bit different of a system. Sure. 
Um, but um, a little more security yeah, so, or something. Yeah, just you know, we they were they were they were one hundred percent free range oh. inside of uh, inside of, of poultry netting. Oh, um, and so whatever was getting in was actually knocking the poultry netting down. Wow, um, and then getting in. So once that happens, it's like you know, it's just a, it's a free for all buffet. Sure. Um, so uh, we end up we end up switching to a different uh, type of a of a process where the the meat birds are um, they do they free range all day long. Um, but they're homed into a hoop hut, so uh, in the evening times they go back inside. We close the door, so nice. they have night security. Sure. In the morning we open them out, just like our meat or our, our egg layers. Yep. They range all day long inside of the netting. They do their work. They go back in the, then into the hut, and we just move that hut um, as they start to exhaust uh, the ground they're on. So they're always on fresh pasture. So that nice. way they are 100% free range. Um, they're not in any kind of a of a of a, of a mobile tractor. I mean, I I, I don't you know mean to sound disparaging against them but you know they are nothing more than uh mobile confinement pens yeah um, and it's really easy to um to have them deplete that resource really really quick especially when they start to get you know closer towards that finishing uh stage mm-hmm. um, they've got a lot of manure and they're they're foraging hard and um you know that it can be a little bit tricky and, and depending on what kind of bird you run and i could i could bore you tears with all that but we, we made some changes um we had some great success with a different method um, which is just that um, hmm. we will call a day a day range where we put them up at night um, inside of that hut inside the, the electric netting they're safe we let them out and that that was that was fantastic and we even did it um, with the um, with the scourge of birds the Cornish cross we even we even used those um, <laughs> and those birds were beautiful they were they were up roosting five foot high really uh, they, were full, they were fully feathered they were super alert they were heavy foragers. You know, when you give, when you let a bird act like a bird, mm-hmm. uh, you don't keep it pinned up in, in, a, in, a, in a mobile tractor and in, in a, 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 a mobile pen. Man, those things! Uh, what a difference! And I can only say that because we raised them the other way. We actually hmm. raised Cornish before here um, in the same hut, and we moved them every day and even twice a day. Um, and it was a, a different kind of bird altogether. So, so that that worked out, you know, pretty good. But that's you know that's the homesteading thing. You yeah, you try something, you're you got to get you know get grips with whether it works or not. You got to throw the ego out the door. Mm-hmm. You got to swallow your pride and say, "Hey, this worked. This didn't work. What do I want to do next time?" Sure. You know? Well, so, and that's what I'm doing with my gardening thing. But I don't have birds, and and the whole um, chicken thing is interesting to us. Really interesting, like the eggs and everything. But I, I've never, I've never done chickens before. I, um, I come from. I mean, my dad, when he got done with pro football, he bought a little hob a farm you know uh, 120 acres in central wisconsin that's near where i have a tree farm right now but um he had no idea what he was doing and he only did it for a couple of years and then sold it again but you know i have no clue with animals and livestock i am clueless i can grow a tomato that can be 15 feet high but birds i don't know uh, <laughs> so i'm gonna have to learn from you guys you know you guys are blazing new paths for me so um but It'll be fun. It'll be a fun experience. <laughs> That's a big piece of property. To uh, did, did you say you, you have a tree farm? Yeah, I've got a um, yeah. My my grandma and grandpa bought 120 acres. Um, that wasn't the farm. It was a uh, it was 120 acres, and they were doing Christmas trees initially back in the 60s, 60s, maybe oh, yeah, early okay. 70s. Wow. But it was a lot of work. Actually, I think. 50s 60s and it was a lot of work because you have to trim them you have to spray them you have to it's constant Mm -hmm. maintenance um so what my grandpa did is he planted a bunch of uh, red pine on these on this property Mm. and uh my parents grandparents passed away 
my brother and I inherited the property. So wow. I've got, yeah, I've got 40, <clears throat> most of it's red pine. My brother's got 40 with a lot of red pine. We've got smokes and other things on there. And then there's 20 um, that is um, uh, part of it was part of a gravel pit, the county's gravel pit. So it's mm. it's scarred pretty bad. You know, they they didn't have the, the restoration programs that they do now. So it's uh, looks like a, a desert compared to where the tree farm is. Um, wow. but they're trying to restore it, you know, and they're trying to mm-hmm. plant some pines in there and everything. And then there's a back 20 with oaks and various trees back there. So, you know, it's, it's hunting. We cut some trees every once in a while. Um, you know, so it's, it's different, but we, I can't, I really can't move there because it's out of my service area for my job. And then also, you know, it's pretty remote out there and I don't want to be, you know, Jack Spurko talks about the fringe and the urban area and then the really remote stuff. And it's, it's pretty remote. I mean, it's, it's an hour away from Madison, Wisconsin, but, um, it's pretty, there's no, there's no, um, neighbors out there or anything. So it's not quite, you know, what we're looking for. So, so you, you, you suffer from that. I need money to pay my bills thing too. Therefore I can't do everything that I want to do because I want to do it. <laughs> Dude, we're working men for a living. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, I it's, mean, it's a, it's a great resource to have with the red pine, I guess. You yeah. Can, I guess is, is the end goal for that to, to timber it out then. Yeah. And we're, uh, we're in a, um, my grandma had worked with the state, um, to put it in like a forest cropland. And so there's a tax break there, but the state forester helps us manage the property by saying, okay, this year you can cut uh, 2025, you can cut again, you know? So we just had a tree harvest and it was kind of nice. You get a little bit of cash there, but it is a long-term, um, long-term investment. It's not like you're pulling pro- uh, timber off every year. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so well, maybe, a- you could, maybe you could set up the, uh, the thick and thin lumber company out there and, <laughs> Work on that, and yeah. you know, maybe you know, take a page from Mark Shepard and turn that thing into a food food producing oasis in the future. At least you have, you, at least you have options. You know, at least right. you have a there is a place. Yep. In worst case, I guess you have a, you have a bug out place. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And and uh, depending on the year, it gets uh, the oaks get heavy acorns, and deer mm-hmm. love those. There are sure. um, quality deer management people that live in the area, and they're from Milwaukee and Chicago, and they've. They've invested in, um, you know, they have their food plots of, you know, they put in cordon stands and ponds and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. our land doesn't quite compete as well as those pieces of property. But, but I tell you, I mean, we've gotten wild turkeys there. We've gotten uh, deer there. It's uh, it it does pretty well actually. So um, you know, with uh, with some more investment, you know, putting in a pond, putting in those bigger food plots, right. I think you could capture more or keep keep those deer there more and keep the turkey there so all those strategies well, neat. yeah yeah well it's nice to have that place to for whatever reason you need to and you're sounds like you're making moves to here in the future try to get out to maybe a little bit more smaller more manageable smaller scale piece of uh of ground uh you know make your keep your main hustle of you know doing your consulting and, or your your rail work and then come home to the homestead and work even harder there. <laughs> well, and that is the game plan, you know, um, for us uh, to have uh, that place that's out of the city, but close to it. Um, we have friends and relatives here in the Twin Cities and actually the area we're looking at in Wisconsin, there is a lot of family over there. 
on on my wife's side of the family um all the duke clan <laughs> they're all mm. over there but uh you know we're really excited about it cuz um you know being a renter for all these years it's like we have acquaintances but we really want to build friendships you know and we really want to dig into the community and and build yeah that tribe cuz i think that's important to have those people you can lean on and you can in you know trust with things and and sharing things and and have them out to your place and really have some fun you know so um it, it makes the whole thing worth it you yeah. know when you when you're a part of a community and, and folks you know want to be here because they want to be there and um you know like that 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 sense of i mean we're we're humans we have a, a an inherent uh, and in our nature uh, to be communal and right. if you can you know network that's why you know podcasts like yours that are you know in this this train of thinking that there is a community of people who you know subscribe to this kind of thinking um and we want us to stick together and see each other do well and um you know when you when you go beyond the social networking um mm-hmm. and the internet community and right. you actually turn that into um you know nuts and bolts hands on you know face to face in person community oh man it's it's something um it's it's so incredible you know, at our our little group here, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we we can all rely on each other. If if we need something, we're there to help. Um, you know, if someone has a hog that needs worked up, we're there to help. Sure. Um, you know, we're not charging anybody any money to come help them build a barn or mm-hmm. you know work up an animal. We're just we're, we're there to help because we know you know someday we're going to need help, um, and they're going to be there to help us. So you know, we're going to be there to help them. Right, and I think that's something that's really lacking in our modern techno society where we're buried into Facebook or Twitter and having a Twitter war or showing whatever. And we're not really building relationships one-on-one. And, and that's something that, um, especially guys, you know, guys seem to not, you know, I'm a lone wolf and rah, rah, rah. And, you know, I'm just going to do my thing. And, and we really have a trouble, you know, we don't, we don't take the time and, and I'm, I'm, preaching to the choir because it's me um need to take the time and actually work on the relationships and and spend time with people and i've been trying to do a a better job of that here over the holidays and then into the next year i've already talked about you know throwing this out there to some people in our in our minnesota wisconsin regen ag group is hey let's start getting together because this is going to be important you know for to help you maybe cut down some uh buckthorn and and or this guy just built his house. Maybe we need to help him plant some stuff, you know, so start to build that. And I think that's important. And, and, you know, that sense of identity too is, Hey, we're part of this group. We're all doing stuff together. I think that's, that's important. Yeah. It's time, time to get out there and actually, you know, it's a lot of us are guilty of, you know, we have a lot of finger courage. We can do an awful lot of typing. We can do an awful lot of talking, but you know, when it, when it comes down to it, you know, if you're not actually, you know, making it happen and doing the work and getting folks together and, you know, earnestly building meaningful relationships, you know, we can live in virtual reality all we want. And yep. that might be great for a lot of folks, but mm-hmm. man, you know, I'm, I'm not a doomsdayer by any stretch. I'm, I'm not uh, a prepper uh, or a survivalist, none of that, you know, but you know, if things go downhill um, or even if they don't, you know, you got to be able to know how to work with others. You got to be able to build a community of people you can rely on. And, you know, there's no better way, whether it's homesteading or even if, and I, I don't, let's say there was a, and I don't know the first thing about it, but let's say a Dungeons and, and Dragons group online. 
Sure. Those folks went from playing online to playing in person. They're actually going to build relationships. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really matter what what the platform is, mm-hmm. what the lighthouse to bring you all together is. But when you do get together, you know that's that's long. La- you know, it, it goes back to that the Masanobu uh, Masanobu Fukuoka quote. You know, where it's uh, it, it, what it really comes down to is the cultivation and perfection of human beings. Mm-hmm. That's the true essence of natural farming, not not the cultivation of of crops. You know, when you when you get down and you break those things down and you really spend time thinking about that, you know, it, it, it it's great that we can. Um, you know, guys are going to come. Uh, here uh, the, the following the next weekend, um, and we're going to work on um, our little barn here that we're kind cool. of doing a more more primitive way, um, with with big old black locust poles and you know rough cut lumber, and we're you know it's it's called the uh, the, the shenanigan shack. It's where we get together. <laughs> we're going to get together and that's nice. Um, you know, plan stuff and 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 you know all the other projects, whether it's inoculating mushroom logs or working on the sugar bush or it's a place we can all get together and, and, and do those things. And so everyone's going to show up and help us out with that a week That's cool. uh, before, before that, we're going to show up to, uh, John Fogel's place and help him, um, uh, work up, uh, one of his hogs. You know, cool. we've been to uh, here locally, another guy, Justin Hunt in the area, help him work, work up with his hogs, Dan mm-hmm. Bocros, his hog. So we just, it's, we're like a, we're like a, a, a traveling hillbilly road show. Yeah. We just go around and we just we help we help our our, our buddies out. They and come that, help us out, and it's not like, you know, it, it's one of those things where it sounds so cheesy, but you know, the giving your gift of time to somebody yep. that giving aspect. You know, these guys might think, oh man, you know, they've you know they've, they've maybe never worked up a hog this certain way, and I go help them and 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 show them how to do that a little bit, and they might be like super super grateful that mm-hmm. they now know how to do that because I, to me. Uh, I get more out of it by giving um, and, and seeing those old ways passed down probably than, than they're uh, receiving. At least to me, it, it, it feels that way. And that's, it's awesome to be able to do that no matter which, you know, no matter which way it is. So yeah, community, community is a real thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that's, and that's something that, you know, I thought it was so cool that you guys had Hogtoberfest and brought in Scott from Scott Hebert, who we've had on the show before, brought him in from Canada. Um, you know, Michael Jordan, the infamous Michael, no, the awesome Michael Jordan. The from, Bee Whisper. The Bee Whisper, the bee-friendly company guy from Wyoming, yeah. came, brought him in and just brought all these people together and then did a podcast. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. I want to do that. I want to do that. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, but it, it just looked like a lot of fun. It was work. It was real work, but you guys were having a lot of fun doing it, you know, and um, it just – that's the kind of thing that we want to do. And, and, you know, here we're in this little box post world war two box and in, in a suburb and, and we could start doing it here, but you know, we're going to be moving and uh, there's just not enough room to bring everybody in. And we like to entertain people and it's just not enough space here. You know? Oh, come on. You think you don't have enough space. I'm, 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 Uh, Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) I have a family of nine and we, we moved from our our house before wasn't huge by any stretch, but it was like, uh, 1600 square feet in town um and at that time we actually only had five kids there are our twins that are about a year and a half they were actually born here um on the homestead first uh first kids to be born on a homestead and probably oh man three three generations wow. so that was pretty cool to be able yeah. to have that happen here um but um yeah so we have you know uh we have about 100 square feet each to ourselves. Wow. <laughs> you know, really small. <laughs> yeah. And you know, our we, we live on a hillside. 
So the only oh. flat spot here is the house. Wow. Um, so when, when folks come to visit, you know, I can get maybe, uh, well, I, somehow we end up getting like 45 people here. Um, when they park in, in, in all kind of ways up the driveway, it's kind of a longer, steeper, curvier kind of a driveway. Um, but if you, if you were planning an event here, you would say, okay, well, I can get four cars here um, and there's one bathroom. Uh, okay, so I can have a – no, I can't have any kind of event. There's no room for anything. <laughs> so you think you can't get by. Okay. Um, but the reality is – I stand corrected. People, people just don't care. Yeah. They don't care about what you have yep. or what you don't have. They care about you. Yeah. They care about getting together. And that could be in a McDonald's parking lot. Eating chicken nuggets would be um, uh, a huge upgrade from just always living in virtual reality. Hmm. Well, that's that's excellent. And Yes, you are correct, sir. (laughs) I'm not going to fight Captain Lumbersquatch. No way. But yeah, absolutely. I think that's really cool. I mean, are you guys on top of each other? I mean, stacked up and, you know, here's my bed and then... Three layers up. That's the top kid up there. Or what? That's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Wow. House, we, ha- we have two bedrooms. One's for um, uh, me and mom. There's a, there's an area in our, of our bedroom where it's a larger walk-in closet. Sure. sure. Um, and that's that's the twins' room. Um, and then uh, the other bedroom, all the kids are stacked in bunk beds. Wow. Um, and it's amazing how well we all get along. That is amazing. Yeah. That really is. I've got two boys, 18 and 20, 22, and yeah, we get along pretty good too. So it's that's one good thing, you know? When you live in a purpose, a life of purpose, and there's meaning to it, mm-hmm. um, and you have a routine and you have structure to it, um, I mean, if, if they were, if their day-to-day just consisted of them waking up when they wanted to and, you know, playing video games whenever they wanted to and eating cereal whenever they wanted to or, you know, being the you know, kind of the typical kids that they were before we got out here, you know, they would get grumpy and they would get agitated. But, you know, there's a whole world outside that's exciting. And, yeah. you know, it's it's actually a little bit scary uh, because um, our our son, Ben, uh, he's three and he'll just disappear. Huh? And he'll be <laughs> out. He'll be out hiking with sticks and his imaginary adventuring and mm-hmm. uh just the there's just no fear there they're they're just it's there's so many times that it's like i don't care what goes wrong what goes right here at the end of the day these kids have an adventure backyard <sighs> to go experience i never had that that in yeah. itself is like that, that that in itself makes it kind of the whole thing worth it but yeah it, it absolutely does because that was you know when we were moving out of the twin cities to head to chicago uh, my boys were younger and uh danny was in third grade um ryan was still uh, pre-k but we moved, went down to chicago and it's flat as a pancake out there i think we're from our front porch or front our front, front step i could see iowa you know that's way <laughs> the hell over there and we were in a far west suburb of chicago but we went down there. We, we were looking for houses, and we came back. And we're like, "Oh, we found a house. We found the area we're going to live in." And Danny was like, "So, does it have a hill? Um, no. <laughs> does it have <laughs> woods? No. Doesn't have that sure. either. Does it have a pond? No. We don't have that. <laughs> you know, all those, all the things you're giving that 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 it's there for those kids there at your place. That's." That's I look back and was like, ah, that's what I wish I would have given my boys because that's the way I grew up. I grew up. My grandparents had a resort in central Wisconsin, so and my parents had cab a cabin up in northwestern Wisconsin, so we were on the lake 
all summer. We would just disappear all summer and we'd be up there and we'd be fishing and we'd be playing and swimming and sailing or whatever, you know, and that's how we grew up. And it was a great way to grow up. And even when we were at home, you know, we would get lost in the woods in the backyard and my mom wouldn't know where the hell we were. We were like half a mile away in the middle of a creek, you know, building a dam or something like that. And that was a great way to grow up. It really was, you know, and it's a, it's a way, you know, with all the stuff that's happened between then and now with kids disappearing and all that, you know, we all naturally just coat them in bubble wrap and we don't let them be kids. And that's, that's really too bad. Right. My little yeah, soapbox for, sure. for the day. <laughs> that's it. No, that's, that's, that's true. A lot of folks, there a lot of folks, I mean, that, you know, uh, in my circle and in your circle, I and mean, mm-hmm. it's it's the same thing. We, as a society, you know, we can't probably blame the microwave oven, but man, it would be cool if we could. Yeah. But there was definitely a shift. There was definitely a shift uh, in society that uh, the values changed and lifestyles changed, and you know, the repercussions of that have been uh, immense. Yeah. It's taken decades and decades to kind of peel that onion back to get back to a center core. Um, of what life's all about, and I don't have all the answers. No, I know. I'm, I'm learning yeah. as I'm going. Mm-hmm. You're learning as you're going, and we're doing the best we can. And um, but you know, it's it's. It, I mean, I was a kid who you know grew up and was playing video games, mm-hmm. and you know, one of the basketball jerseys and the Nike Air Jordans. And, <laughs> you know, sound like, like my son other, Ryan. <laughs> like any other kid, you know, and yep. um, that was important to me then, and that was you know, life was. You know, great when you had something shiny and new and expensive and, you know, pride gets in the way of all that. And Mm -hmm. eventually, you know, things happen and your life changes, you know. Um, You know, for me, I I got into, uh, you know, almost lost my life in a car accident. Wow. uh, The fall of 13. Wow. um, And was lucky to walk away from it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, life definitely got real. Yeah. uh, Real quick. Yeah. um, it, it's, it sounds cliche to say something like that and you really can't put words to it. But, um, you know, when you're in that kind of situation and you come out of it, when you appreciate every breath you take, um, uh, and you realize that man, our, our days are numbered and when that ticket gets pulled, you know, it, it might not be up to me. Right. Um, and even if it is up to me, you know, things happen. Yep. So, you know, what, what am I going to do with my life to say, you know, I was here, and I lived it to its fullest, you know, in, in a responsible way. Not, you know, I'm not, you know, saying I'm not being, you know, be crazy, but you know, to to live life in a way that, you know, I'm living uh, a rich, uh, fulfilled life, you know, that's full of joy and happiness without trying to do things to be full of joy and happiness. And that's, you know, that that's that, that's why we're here. That's that's why what we we get into all these uh, shenanigans, and that's why we build <laughs> community, and that's why we are constantly learning and deciding we don't want to be farmers we just want to be homesteaders yeah you know sell our surplus and um that's we're we're happy with that yeah yeah no that's that's true and that's um you know a couple things triggered me to go down this path too is uh my dad passed away um 1999 after helping us move up to minnesota from florida yeah we moved around a little bit you know after jules and i well after i got done with college and took different jobs and moved around and uh, my dad passed away from a heart attack and, and, you know, just 53 years old and gone, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, um, and then the crash of 2008, 2009, um, man, that was really eye opening that I could lose my job tomorrow. And how was I going to pay for this, this 
house. You know, I can't go to Walmart and be a greeter and, and, and pay for that. You know, so the debt thing, you got to be debt free, baby, and get out of that as fast as you can because things get really complicated really fast when you don't have a job and you have a mortgage and bills and food and, you know, car payments and all that stuff to pay. So, and then the other realization was, yeah, my wife was reading um, the uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder books and mm. just sitting there listening one day at night, I was all stressed out about my, you know, my vice president type job. And I was like, man, we're really stupid. We don't know how to do any of this stuff. Not that I want to churn <laughs> butter, but I, I, I don't know how to even grow a tomato today. You know, and this was back in 2008. And, uh, you know, it was just a desire to to totally change all that and take the focus off work and t- put it on something more real, you know? Yeah. And, and while I didn't give, you know, maybe we're not, didn't find that piece of property when we were in our thirties, you know, we have a chance now, you know, with both my boys graduated from high school and, and about to leave the nest, we have a chance now to set that up for them moving forward and, and for their kids, you know, and that's a big deal, huge deal where we can, yeah bring people in, get to know other people in the area, get in with the uh, the family that's over the river and and really build build something that's going to be long lasting and and fun, you know? So total mind shift switch. <laughs> if you would have talked to me in 2008 in Chicago, I would have been stressed out and swearing up the blue streak and so stressed out oh, about man. the economy and oh, it was not good, brother. Not good. Gosh, I think in 2008 during that time we uh, we're thinking about trying to sell our house in town to mm-hmm. try to maybe get out on a piece of ground. And that's when it all just, you know, took a dump and there was no value to our home. And we were, knew we were going to be locked in for at least three or four more years before yep. we could think about doing anything. And that's, you know, it, it's, it's easy to feel like you're a victim to that. And yeah, you're, you're, you have, have a, have a you're dealt a shit hand and you're, yep. you can't get out of that. But, you know, I guess at the, at the end of the day, we still had houses to live in, and we were fed, and our kids grew up, and um, and all that. But you know, there, you'll you know what I've noticed uh, transitioning from um, the suburban HOA life. Mm-hmm. You know, where my trash cans couldn't be visible, and my mailbox <laughs> had to be in accordance. And I have to keep the lid shut on my garbage can, or they won't take them. It's like, well, what? <laughs> So how many how many letters did you get? Have you received, Tom? That no. Your trash can cannot be out front for this many hours in a row after collection day. Oh yeah, it's more I the got, uh, my lid is a little lifted, or I've got this extra junk. Oh, right. and no more than one can for us. I, I, you know, I, I think uh, my, my my grandpa was a pastor, and I, I, there's a certain amount of contrarianism. Sure. I think that's inherent with with pastors. Um, and I think I got a whole lot of that hardheadedness, mm. um, and to where, yeah, there's, I, I just, it, it was the, the older that I got and, you know, I'm, I'm still young. I'm only 34 and I'm, oh, I'm still trying to figure out who I am and You're what 34? I am. And, Get out of here, uh, dude. Change those yeah, numbers around. That's me right now. So, yeah, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's just, just a, it's just a number they say. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Tell I my knees that. Oh, dude. yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You know, but it, once you once you you know you you gain different experiences, you get different mindsets, mm-hmm. and you have a different appreciation. And um, while, while I can wax philosophically like a hillbilly, um, 
until we run out of data on our computers. Um, it's just one of those things. This it kind of uh, life kind of unveils itself to you. Yeah. Um, the closer you get to you know living uh, in tune with it. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, perspective to be had. Um, you know, by stepping out there, and you know, you know, one thing that I that, that I, I I always uh, think back on is is the times where we were t- making the transition, uh, where things were so uncertain, and we oh, had yeah. no idea how to do anything, and we didn't know where we were going to land or how we were going to land or how can we make these things happen. And the only thing, and maybe you have it now, but your only goal is you 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 picture a goal right now. And we pictured a goal of, mm-hmm. you know, a house on a piece of property with some chickens and this, and that would be, um, that would be the pinnacle of, of life and the existence. And um, you work hard and you you put yourself out there, um, you know, without getting all woo woo, but you, <laughs> you you put yourself out there, uh, um, and you like 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 sample says, you know, you bet on yourself. You get out there, you, you do it. You, you take those uncomfortable you know, steps out in that murky water. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, you've got a bridge in front of you and you take a few more steps. And the next thing you know, you're on a pier, uh, going away from the water onto a beach, onto an island, onto a farmstead, into a house. And the next thing you know, you're on a podcast, you know, talking with big timer Tom hey, on a small scale podcast. <laughs> and you're thinking, man, it was only a couple of years ago. Well, that, and that's, now, yeah. Was the guy in town? Yeah. And that's the way it is. I mean, right now, well, up to a few years ago, it was, man, what did I do? What did I do with my thirties? And now with the vision, you know, with that goal and the vision, yeah, you just kind of focus in on that and you're making the moves to make sure that that happens and things kind of, you know, little speed bumps pop up and you're, you just got to keep moving, you know, and it really helps when, um, your wife is supportive of that idea too. And <laughs> that's, uh, the only, that's the only way I, 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 I tell so many folks that if, if you and your wife aren't on the same page, you might as well forget about it. Yeah, uh, we've been married since two thousand. So what's that? Uh, Sixteen years. Yeah, almost seventeen, yeah. brother. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So uh, it, it's it's not like it's not exactly like if uh, if mama ain't happy, nobody it ain't nobody happy. It's not quite like that. But, right. But I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say is if you're not working together and gelling as a team. There's no way in hell you're going to work together and gel as a team doing anything of any kind of importance or significance, let alone raise a family. Oh yeah, you know. So you got to share the dream. You got to share the passion. You might have different, you know, uh, passions uh, about different aspects of all that, and you should. Um, but you ought to be able to come together and uh, as, as a team, mm-hmm. you know, to make it happen. Otherwise, I mean, you're 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 going to fight and invest in uh, you know time um, that you're never going to get back. That you know, can ultimately be the could, could could ruin what you what you do have, but that's the only way. Yeah, that any of this works. I, I am uh, I fly by the seat of my pants. I'm a, <laughs> uh, a hillbilly mush mouth. I bite off more than I can chew. Mm-hmm. I eat it cold every single time. The only thing that keeps all this together, hands down, is my wife Susan. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Jules. Jules the same way. I mean, I've with my personality, I've, I I like to get a lot of things going and a lot of irons in the fire going and, and, uh, I get a little unorganized and thank God she's there to kind of bring it all together. <laughs> yep, that's, a, that's she, the only way it works. Yeah. You know? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Well, ha- when I come out there, maybe I'll have to bring her. Well, maybe I won't. I don't know. You guys are tough. I don't know. <laughs> all oh, the no. squatches. It's a fam. No, no, no. There's, <laughs> there's wives and there's kids. It's, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not a, um, it's not a secret handshake cave meeting where we wear hoods and, and drink mead until we 
hallucinate. It's, mm. it's nothing, no. you know, weird. Or, but well, you, y'all do have the big beards going, happened. though, you know. That has happened. <laughs> <laughs> I have made a mead that is, that is rather potent. But, uh, oh. Uh, uh, so that, that, that definitely can happen, which this is a, a great time of year for, uh, you know, racking your wines and mm. racking your, your meads and, and catching up on um, some bottling. And, and, you know, I've seen your carboys yeah. get empty so you can put, yeah. you know, kind of some new stuff, you know, new stuff going. But um, I've got 15 pounds of honey that I need to do something with. Ooh, yeah. that's, that's five pounds of mead right there. I, I know. <laughs> the last time, I, the unfortunate thing is I made mead a few years ago. And it was my first non-kit wine, you know. Mm-hmm. So some of the family members didn't quite like it. I have one bottle. Actually, there's two bottles in existence left. So, yeah. um, and actually, there were three, and I broke one on the way home from Christmas. So I was like, "Ugh." Meat's uh, not a real big. Um, it's not a real big winner, um, and, and, and uh, unless it's sweet, no yep. one the family likes it because you know, meat has no one's really tasted fermented honey ever. right right and so when you taste it it kind of has a it's almost like a like a vix vapor rub yes. or there's a, a certain amount of uh, of a, of a uh, menthol uh trait to it that um it can be off-putting if you're not expecting it unless it's sweet or, right um we make like a lot of methaglins yep. herb infused meads mm-hmm. uh, a lot of melamoles which are fruit uh fruit based sizers fruit apple yep. uh based um based meads um, and I, when I make them for myself, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a hillbilly and I'll, I'll run like, uh, a Lavalin 1118 or 1116, mm-hmm. uh, a more aggressive cut, you know, kind of a yeast Yep, yep. Uh, to, to get everything out of the, out of, out of the sugar. So it has a higher alcohol content. I usually, um, I usually use the Lavalin too. So, yep. I'm with you, brother. Yeah, right. I'm with you. <laughs> back sweeten it a little bit on the backside. Yep. And, um, if you need to, for me, I don't, but you know, my, and my wife, she doesn't, she drinks no, actually doesn't drink at all oh. i make her drink drink my swill oh. <laughs> uh, occasionally just so i can feel like it's i can have some beacon of of measurement to it but sure you know, it's a lot of fun to be able to you know to, to make especially mead because i mean i don't know that you can really mess it up and i and we do we do stuff that people say oh you shouldn't you shouldn't open ferment and you, you mm. shouldn't use wild yeast and aren't you afraid of i mean I don't know. It, it, Dude, that's, monks made this stuff back in the day up on a monastery somewhere. I mean, there they were, were no there were no airlocks or any of that stuff. They just they figured were filthy out. hippies in there making. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's that's it's all good. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're working with honey, anyways. You know, so the the, the natural um, uh, antimicrobial and antiseptic mm-hmm. qualities of honey on its own help a, a lot of that. Oh yeah. Um. You know, anyways, but but it, it's I, I really enjoy um, crafting. Yeah. Things, whether oh. it's craft craft pork, or it's um, craft you know elderberry wine that has some yep. craftsmanship to it, mm-hmm. or, or just mead, and and you know not for a not for a, a heavy profit scale, uh, we'll barter with stuff. Yeah, we might we we you know I'm not saying that I make corn squeezins, and I'm not saying that I don't, and I'm not saying that I make mead, and I'm not saying that I don't. Right, right. Well, I nice have products on hand. Uh, to be able to barter um, or use for tinctures, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I actually um, I was out at, at Permaculture Voices conference, and um, two or three, two, okay, two, two, uh huh, two, and um, I picked up a book called um, Ancient, what was it called Ancient uh, Healing and Medicinal Beers, huh? Interesting. And in, in that in that book, um, it talked about meads and huh. um, and methaglins and interesting. Um, yeah, I ended up making a, a heck of a of a mead um, 
that had a um, a yarrow kick to it, huh. um, and that was uh, used uh, historically or anciently uh, for ceremonies, for vision quests and, and things like that. Interesting. And uh, I wasn't really going that angle um, with it, but um, I'll just say it, it definitely has some 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 qualities to it <laughs> that you got to be careful with. Sure, sure. Well, and and uh, yeah, I. I I come from – I've said this before on other podcasts, but I do come from a line of winers and shiners. My both uh, – mm-hmm. it was my uh, – you know, it's a Polish stock really that uh, – the way they did it is – and they still do this in Czechoslovakia. I, I hired a guy from Czechoslovakia when I worked at on the light rail project and he talked about the village. They had their – they would come together and make their – liquor and uh, they'd have wines and they'd have a pig roast and this happened every year and, and and my grandpa he did the same thing you know and he made a lot of wine brandy all kinds of stuff and uh and he actually taught my dad's dad how to do it my dad's dad went crazy on it but you know that those skills died with them so my brother mm. and i and my brother-in-law we're learning on our own we started with kits and you know buy all the stuff at at the local brew store and We've just been learning trial and error, and and you know I've, I've made some fun stuff, but um, you know some fun wines and some fun mead. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I kind of shut down here with different things going on at home, but next year maybe I'll get yeah, some, or this stuff. year we'll get some some things going. I just uh, well, you you got to have room for a five gallon bucket somewhere. I mean, all it takes is a five gallon bucket, three pounds of honey. Yep. Uh, you know, is water, yeast. And uh, let's do its thing, rack it off. You know, it's, it's it's one of those things. It's like you know, planting an orchard. You have to put the work in now to have the reward later. If you get, if you wait, if you wait, well, it's like anything else. You know, if you wait until you're ready to do something, you know, the time has already passed to do it. That is true. You know, it's like you know, when's the best time to plant a tree? Well, yesterday. Yesterday. When's the second best time today. <laughs> you know. You hear that, Jules? Ha ha! I got to use up that meat or that right. uh, the honey down there in the basement. <clears throat> but so, so if if you make it now, you can bring it and share for Oktoberfest oh, next year. That's true. That's true because it does get better with age. So, but that's bet. the fun stuff. That's what you know. If it, if it sounds like fun to be able to you know craft a product, whether it's. Um, uh, shine or any kind of liquors or wines or meads um or uh handcrafted arrows or mm-hmm. raising livestock for craft pork and you all get together at a certain time of year and you celebrate and you have a good time everybody brings something right you learn some new skills if that sounds like fun it's because it is fun it is it's fun it, it 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 harkens back to a an age almost forgotten yeah um of where this this is what we did this is how we uh, had community and this is mm-hmm. how we made long lasting relationships and if you think about it it's so extremely powerful to think you know here we are i mean like i said i'm three three gens removed from all of that you know mm-hmm. um to get in tune with that it's it's almost as if you know i i never was out of tune um it, there's there's such a uh, a, that type of living and that type of relationship um, and that type of energy it's it's threaded in the universe and once you you know get in tune with that it it, it feels like this is the way things have always been this right. feels like the way things should always be you know and it, it's great to be able to you know step out there and, and form some community and, and get back to the the old ways you know and if if I don't learn the old ways to teach my kids, 
who's no one's going to teach them. They're not going right. to how they're going to get on YouTube and 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 or and, and Google uh, old old time hillbilly uh, pig hog killing chindigerousness activity. <laughs> there's you, you, there's there, the only way to find it is 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 to just make it. Yeah, and it, all, that, it all just develops into something. That's exactly right, and that's um, it was that kind of thought and attitude really that why I started blogging and, and podcasting in the first place. I mean, it was, you know, when my dad passed away, more knowledge died, you know, my grandparents all passed away and my dad passed away. And well, who's going to, who's going to pass this stuff down? You know, already a lot right. of that stuff is gone. A lot of that history, a lot of the relationships, all that stuff is gone. Yeah. So let's, you know, my brother and I, we made some sausage and then we started doing wine. My brother-in-law, we started making wine and it was a lot of fun, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you can, hey, try this. Now, how about this? Try it. Try this. Oh, yeah, that kind of stinks. Oh, but this is really good, <laughs> you know, and you you figure it out together, you know, and that's the key. That is the key. So, yeah, I am totally on board with that, dude. Totally on board. And it sounds like when you guys got the lumber squatches together uh, for Hogtoberfest, everybody brought a little something and it was a good time. Everybody brought you know something. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you want to learn how to um, butcher a hog the old way, um, you can. Now, what is the old way? Just out of curiosity. Oh, so, okay, so, so so the old way is taking a pig right out right out of the woods, okay, um, and scalding it and scraping it hmm. um, to where there is very little to no waste with that animal. Wow. You know, so your every aspect of that animal has a purpose. So um, you know with with the hogs and, and how we do it here. You know, everything goes either into um, has a nutritional aspect, okay, um, or, or or has a um, at the very worst a composting aspect. Mm. Um, at the very very worst, and that is so very little. So, like um, with, with the hog, you you would think, okay, well, you get the hog up, you you can either scald and scrape a hog, or you can skin a hog. They're they're not like a deer. Um, they have a, um, a a layer of scurf mm. um, under their hair, which is like almost like a really really thin 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 layer of skin. Okay, um, that kind of holds the color of the hog. Okay, and that's on type of their typically white ish type of skin, um, and that skin is it holds on to the to the to meat, not like a deer. You're like a deer, you hang it up, you make your cuts around the neck. Yep. You, know, you can zip zip it down, and you can just kind of roll, or you can put a golf ball in there. And pull the whole thing off. Right. Well, with with a pig, you can't do that. So you either have to use knife work um, to to actually skin uh, to to uh, incise and remove the skin from the fat cap around it, mm-hmm. um, or you can you can scald it uh, for um, you know four to five minutes at about 147 degrees um, and scrape the hair off, and then you're left with a carcass, a full a fully edible carcass. Really, and the great thing about doing it like that is, if you're, you know, uh, everyone's probably been to Cracker Barrel. I've, yep. I've seen a country ham hanging up. Well, the reason why that works is because, um, you know, eighty percent, ninety percent of that surface area is covered in skin, huh. and so you ha- you only have a certain area that's actually the meat exposed to air. I see. Um, you add salt and things to pull all the moisture out of the meat, and you can cure it with salt. Huh. You can hang it up, and you can eat that thing five, ten years later. Oh, and um, you so, you have a picture. You just had a picture last week yeah. or this week where you had some a ham hanging up or something like that prosciutto yeah, or something like that fancy like, fancy fancy french folks call it prosciutto i just yep. called it you know a country salt ham um it's ours these ones aren't smoked the next ones will be when we get the smokehouse done Ooh. i guess we don't, don't need to split hairs on country <laughs> ham versus prosciutto but this is a non-smoked salt cured ham hanging up 
and it's so good. If yeah. I want a little little hunk of ham, I could I just go and, and cut it off it and eat it. Mm-hmm. And it it's so un. I mean, yeah. Imagine that I've got a, I've got meat hanging in my kitchen um, that I just can cut a piece off of and eat. There's a, I've, I have a slab of bacon hanging up there too, and it's it's the most insane thing. That is insane. Yeah, because it sounds crazy. You never see that now. I mean, no, and that, you know, that's I've, the old thing. It's yeah. preserving it before you had refrigeration, before uh, you could freeze things. Um, you salt cured them, mm-hmm. and you had them in a cellar, and you ate on it all year. Um, and you, you did it this time of year, you know, so the the, the, the carcass can cool uh, and won't have the microbial growth. Um, and so, so you know, and, and from there, literally from nose to tail, you know, the entire head um, gets smoked. Um, ears, eyes, nose, teeth, everything in it gets smoked. And then that goes into a stock pot to get reduced down to where all the meat's falling apart. The skull and the teeth are the only thing that gets removed from that. Even the brain, um, um, the eyeballs, the nose, the tongue, all that goes into the most amazing dish you never thought you wanted to know um, uh, called head cheese. Ah, there it is. Oh, but there it is. <laughs> it's just a, it, it's it's a meatloaf, and it is so. Oh my god, it's so so good. My uh, my stepbrother uh, Stephen has a restaurant down in Atlanta called Illegal Foods. Okay, uh, and he's he's well, he's he's an amazing chef to start with, um, but he, he's he's got the old school mind too, and, and they do a lot of charcuterie huh. um, and a lot of preserving. Um, and um, I, I brought a hog down there for him to to try really? and, and to, to cook up, and he loved it, but. Um, he then brought out uh, his his uh, his chef there brought out um, their like charcuterie buffet, and they had this really really awesome head cheese. Um, but it, it, it's I think the, the the more less gross word is terrine or terrine or however you want to you want to say it. But um, it was a loaf. Okay. Um, but it was from it was from rib meat, huh. a barbecue, barbecued rib meat. So it was like imagine like a sweet baby Ray's. Yeah. Yeah. Rib, rib chunks that you can slice into little discs huh. like summer sausage that has the gelatin binding it all together uh, from the head cheese itself from the head from the gelatin from the bone and the marrow and things like that uh, you've never it, it's um it, it it might be the best thing you've ever eaten off of you've never eaten off of a pig all right now that, i'm should. i'll tell you why i'm laughing because um you know, being from Polish heritage, they always would make um, they would make the head cheese, but they called it solta. And mm. uh, my dad's um, mom and and dad they would make solta, and and every time we went over there, hey Tom, how about some solta? And it was like, oh no, no, I don't want that <laughs> stuff. I mean, it just looked gross. It just looked gross. Oh, it and looks the nasty. Gelatin and the thing, and you put it on a cracker and. And my dad, his name was Tom too, and and we're driving home one time. We're like, "Do you actually like it?" And he's like, "Oh no, I really don't." Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, so so Jules, there you go. We need to go to Greg's house, and we'll have some very good head cheese. Tureen, tureen, yes, pork tureen, pork tureen. We'll, 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 we'll fancy it up. No, yeah. So every part of it you use, even 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 the you know, like we have a you know when when the pig um, is harvested. And it's scalded and scraped, and we open it up to eviscerate it. First thing that comes out is is the heart and liver, um, and a little bit of the hanger steak on the inside, and that goes into cast iron over fire if we can. Salt, pepper, garlic get it gets cubed up, and I mean it's oh it's so so delicious. You know, no one uses uh, or thinks about using the the ofowl, hmm. the, the innards, um, yep. but the organ meat 
Um, but it, I mean, it sounds disgusting. Before I raised pigs, if I was listening to a podcast and some, you know, crazy mushmouth hillbilly was talking about eating the insides of a pig, I'd be thinking, "Woo, boy, you got a pretty mouth." I'm well, sure. Like well, land you're not, thing, you're not, it's... you're not far off because Kevin, Kevin Geary from RebootedBody.com, he he just did a podcast all about eating organ meat and how oh, it's really okay. good for you, all the minerals and all the. Right. All the nutrients in there. So you no, it's not it uh, I mean I'm not eating it, but you know, there are people yeah, that will. do. Uh. You will be. Oktoberfest, you will be you will be knuckles deep. Uh, that's actually funny. Uh at one of the at the uh, we have a little group here, the uh, Ohio GSD or uh, GSD crew is what we kind of is a lot of the local homesteaders, um even like um urban steaders. Yes. All get together, you know, help, you know, we do our thing. So those are different um, than the lumber squatches. Okay, now we're getting into well, the different groups here. Well, it's I There's don't know. bleed. <laughs> lumber lumber squatch is kind of a it's a it's a that's a different story. We can okay. cross that bridge a little bit later, but yeah. Oh yeah, so that it's yeah, we're all if we all if anyone wants to be a lumber squatch can it's, it's not like it's a secret group. Um <laughs> or anything. But we we have a little you know secret Facebook group that we can we post our events and let everyone cool. know what's what's going on and nice. kind you know, it's like our, our secret code um, to, to to get to people's events and things because you know yeah. um, it's not that we're not um, all inclusive, but you know once you, you once you get a group of folks together, you kind of know who those people are. And, yeah, um, you, you're not actively recruiting people, strangers, nope. um, to come to your homestead and eat from your table necessarily. You know, I totally so, know. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep. so we have a little. Um, tightening group, but uh, recently we were at uh, Justin Hunt's place, uh, Antidote Farm mm-hmm. here in Ohio, um, and him and Dan Bokras they had uh, were harvesting their their own pigs for the first time, and Drew was there, of course, and uh, so we were there working up that pig, and uh, we were working the testicles off of of the pig, and I threw him, I threw one at one at Drew, and um, Justin grabs him and takes him inside along with the awful and comes back with this delicious plate and it just smelled good it looked good he's passing it around it just tasted like liver well they weren't oh they were battered boar oysters oh my (laughs) this will be the this will be the the only time um, that you'll ever hear me say i was never so happy to have testicles in my mouth because they were so delicious i mean they were it was like liver. It was like battered liver. Oh my! We've um, reached new heights here on the Small Scale I, Life podcast. Hey, it's Small Scale pod- Life, though, man. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. So, so sure. yeah, it's incredible. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a little fun, Tom. You, you know? Absolutely. I was, hey, I'm and all we about. Did. Fun. We had a, we had a blast. Yeah, it was it was, it was so fun. Oh, that's I never good. thought I would be eating boar testicles, but um, I think I probably ate three or four. Um, like nuggets, slices of them before um, I realized what they were, and sure. after I realized what they were, I had two more. So it's it was it was great, but it's it's you know that's that's the old. We think this is gross and crazy. This this is the old way. This, this is, is the old way. You know, you waste not, want not. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's you, you didn't go wasting sustenance. You didn't you didn't do it, and you had to learn how to you know how to turn that entire pig into. Uh, nearly a whole year's eating uh, for your family, along with everything else that you did there, and you know that's why it's important for me and our community here to be able to, you know, help folks out, show them how to do these things, pass it down. Yep. Um, you know, so we can teach our kids, and you know, we can leave this place a little bit better than than, than how we picked it up. And um, you know, there's we gotta, you know, you gotta you gotta reach out, you gotta network, you gotta make it happen, and 
um, it's you know this, this type of a, of a small scale life is um, there, there's there's no better life to live. Right. Well, yeah. No, it's it's all good, and and uh, it's funny how our perspectives change. You know, it's not I'm going down to McDonald's and getting some chicken nuggets. I'm uh, you know I'm using everything on this pig, literally, figuratively, literally. It's yeah. all there. <laughs> and think squeal, uh, and the squeal. Yeah, and the squeal. I mean, think of the um the effort and work and love to get that pig to that point, you know? Oh, it, yeah. it know. it's uh it's an investment of time and energy and money and and love too, you know, and, and yep. so that's part of it. That's part of the circle, you know. It's a, it's an it's an important thing. You know, I'm not a like I said, my my grandpa was a pastor and I I, I grew up with a certain um, you know, kind of mindset, um, but you know there there is an old an old scripture that a righteous man regardeth the life of his beast, mm-hmm. um, and that's you know that's that's super important. You know, if that, uh, I'm not trying to be a, a necessarily setting out to be a righteous man, but if, yeah, it, when you regard you know the life of your animals, um, and, and you're given the, the best life possible, that they're going to have one bad moment. Yep, and that's when you, that's when you when you turn them. Um, and, and to food, I mean, that's, it, it's an incredible honor, um, to be the one, um, that brings them here and at your hand, um, you know, they see the end. Yeah. That's, it's, it's, it's incredible. And it's you know, a lot of folks get, um, you know, when we have like, um, the, 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 every time that we post anything about any kind of butcher photos, um, or videos, we sometimes have have fun and, and go live and just show you know kind of what we're doing with like the turkey um, butchering and the chicken butchering um, you know sometimes you know someone will make um, disparaging remarks yep um, you know why don't you just go to Whole Foods and you know yeah. get your, your your clean pretty packaged food and right. you know there's this you you can't preach this to those people because no. they're not in that place you know mentally so you, you try to just educate them a little bit. You know, because you feel like there's a certain amount of responsibility to let them to help them better understand why it is what you're doing, and um, you just have to have to kind of go about it. But it's you know, it's uh, it's a blessing and it's an honor um, to be able to to live this this kind of a life. And um, I, I will say, um, as glorious as it sounds, are it's ups and there's there's a lot of downs. Um, well, but, losing uh, yeah, I mean, losing all those birds like that. It's not like you had a tomato plant that died. I mean, you know, well, yeah, but you know, neither one of those are are so insignificant because mm-hmm. it wasn't that long ago when our you know forefathers were losing children right to diseases on the homestead and the farm. True, um, and, and they had a different mindset. They they didn't quite look at the homestead um, as an asset. They looked at as maybe entrapment or the only way or the best they could do. Um, and so they had to do a lot of these things that we now look to as um, hip or it's it's definitely becoming a, a, a hipster kind of a thing to get into craft products. That's and true. To, to kind of enjoy the the art and the craft. And I, I, I that part of it, I, you know, I, I can appreciate that. Um, but, you know, well, I, lot, I, I think some of that, um, you know, I mean, let's face it. A lot of our culture is plastic. Fantastic. And this is an actual real Real thing. It's identity. You know, hey, I'm making this blade, this knife, and it is the coolest thing you've ever seen. I made it out of this driftwood and the steel from a brake shoe or something. Uh, you know, it's something yep. that they're making and they can grab onto, you know, in a in a world that just continues – or a country anyway that seems to have so much throwaway to it, you know. Every, everything is disposable. And yeah. we still – we still, you know, even you – know, we're sitting here talking and, 
you know, if there's there's a cow and a calf outside and ducks and chickens and meat rabbits and there's a whole homestead life going on out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm, I, I am definitely not a social justice warrior by any stretch of the imagination, but I will say that it's a privilege uh, to be here uh, living this kind of lifestyle. Um, it's 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 happening because I put myself out there and I feel like, you know, there, there's a purpose uh, to living like this and sharing this message right. um, and reaching and reaching out to folks and helping others and doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like folks to look at this as a cool thing to do um, or a fun thing to do or a hip thing to do because right. these very things that we're doing, our, our, our grandparents and great-grandparents did – um, and like I said, yeah, children died and there were yeah. complete farms burned down yep. and lost. Yep. It wasn't cool then to do this. It's cool now because we, we have the choice. Mm-hmm. We, we, we do have that privilege to, to go back to live this kind of a life. You know, So it's kind of tricky when you think about it is we're trying to get back to the, the old ways and live like our great-great-grandparents did. And they progressively were trying to do better and better and better to get to the microwave and the subdivision life. It's like, hmm. can we do better? Can we find – a balance in between where we can we can provide some for ourselves, you know we 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 are living in this matrix no matter which way we cut it we're going to have to play the game um and until there is any kind of a system systematic or system-wide shutdown of it you know that's when things get really scary yeah and myself included mm-hmm. i i don't think that i could survive here in, in that kind of a in, of, of an environment and it's you know we have the luxury of living this kind of lifestyle. We're not forced to live this lifestyle, and I think that's the difference between you know also you know being forced to have to be a farmer and do things a certain way to make your ends meet um, versus having the luxury of raising your own produce and raising your own meat and your own craft products. You know it's it's a luxury and it yeah. comes at a price. You know I've worked you know for ten years um, being self-employed to be able to. You know, put myself in a position to you know kind of do these things. So I guess you know the the short the short story is I you know I I like for folks to to appreciate how hard this life used to be mm-hmm. and 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 really realize that we're we're not doing this because we're stepping back and doing things better. You know, it's it's kind of um, it's an homage or at a, it's a it's a out of respect um, and it's kind of um, it is a shout out back to our 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 forefathers. That you know we are are saying, hey, you know, you guys did so much right, and we've gotten so far away from that. We want right. to we want to step into that and be a part of that, and 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 see, you know, kind of where we take that. And you know, like I said, if we don't learn these things now, who's going to teach our kids? Right. No, I agree. No, that was well said. I, I really like that. And uh, it's not LARPing in the woods or something like that. This is this is real stuff, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, totally get it, man. Totally. That was good. Um, I don't know how much – I know you've got uh, root beer floats waiting for you in the near future. <laughs> I do. Um, I the, the, the tribe is getting worked up. Oh, yeah? Okay. We don't want that. So um, especially the, uh, the – what? The senior farm managers, you know, they might start uh, getting a little restless over there. So um, any tips – before you go, any tips for selecting a piece of land – or is this a yeah. whole show in itself that we need to it's, talk about another time? I, I think we should we, we could do a whole show on that. Okay, a lot cool. Of that, a lot of that comes into cool um, uh, systems thinking. Ah, um, yeah. And, and to be able to and, and, and uh, like I said, you know, the, a long time ago, um, people to care for themselves, they had to care for the land, and they had to do it in a way that 
they did it responsibly. So next year there was still pasture and there was still mast and there were still animals and they still were healthy and living. Mm -hmm. There's a fancy word over the last, I don't know, three decades um, that we call it. uh, Most people refer to as as permaculture. Um, I'm I'm definitely a big fan of permaculture. I'm kind of, I'm getting back to the old ways. Sure. Uh, and kind of getting around, uh, getting away from from slapping a name on it, and and kind of um, feel like I'm boxed into that. But um, when you get back to the old ways, you know, you would you would look at a piece of property a certain way, just like mm-hmm. you would um, with some frameworks. And that's where I think permaculture is great. Is um, you can help develop a, a a thinking approach, a framework to set all these things in place um, to where you can rely less on electricity, you can rely less on inputs. Um, you can rely less right. on on things failing. You create buffers, mm-hmm. uh, and so everything that we do here on the farm is all based on things that we've learned through permaculture. We've learned through old timers. Sure, we've learned through for trial and error. We're we're closing waste loops, hmm. um, and we're trying to um, get the the, uh, the the higher gain on our input. Yep, um, and and so that that could certainly be um, an entire hour and a half or oh, yeah. ten hour podcast. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the the quick tip is if, if anyone currently is is looking on you, know, what can I do to find uh, to know what I'm looking for in a land? That the biggest things uh, is you have to have life on that land, and primarily uh-huh. if you don't have water, you have no life. Uh-huh. Um, yes, and so that and that is, is what is, we found out on. Yep, that's what yep. we found out on the the uh, the tree farm as well. What I cut you off a little bit there. Water is oh, yeah, life. You're, you're and, saying it. You're, you're living it. Yeah, water's life. <laughs> and if you can find yourself to where um, you can work with elevation and you can have water at the highest point of your property, you're you're set because mm. then you can gravity feed water to your house, to your barn, to your orchard, to your animals um, for for anything. Without water, um, you'd be dead. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that, that's the biggest thing to, to think about. And, you know, to spend a little bit of time to kind of outline what you think you want out of a place and kind of design it in a way to where everything works together. Um, you have less waste um, and that your resources, a lot of your resources can be um, compiled, or, you know, right there on site. Yep. Is that That's kind of like the ideal pie in the sky dream. But, hmm. um, yeah, I'd love to get on and talk to you again about, you know, what we did here and what we kind of saw in this place before we know what we were looking for. Yep. Um, cause it definitely makes, um, there, you know, there, there, God's not making any more land or the universe <laughs> isn't making any more land. Um, unless the oceans dry up and more right. land comes of or, you know, things like that. So to say there's a bad piece of land, I, I don't know that I'd say that it's just some, some, some pieces of ground are more challenging yes. than others yes. and have different opportunities. And you have to, it, once you learn some systems thinking and that approach, then you can kind of identify, uh, kind of where those strengths and weaknesses would be for you mm-hmm. and it's how you kind of want to work with nature and that i think that makes all the difference Oof. yeah that sounds like a great show right there too so mm. well i i um i don't want to keep you anymore because i know the uh i know what's waiting for you but uh <laughs> two things um one what i know nature's image farm you do have some products that you have available so feel free to plug put a plug in tell us where we can find you and uh and go from there sure yeah my uh, uh buddy james blask is currently working on um a an official uh dot com oh sweet we, nice we somehow managed uh, it, it, it the, the cool thing about what we do and when people believe in you and what you're doing they support you mm-hmm. and they support you with dollar bills which helps tremendously right um so so anything that we have for sale is usually sold out before we can even try to sell it um which which is great so we didn't we have we really didn't have any kind of a need um at all for um, 
a website for a sales platform. Um, but one thing where we're heading this year um, is to head more into um, kind of the the the, the, the homestead how to approach. Uh, we're we're going to start our own blog here um, and have um, the website is going to be the platform where Sweet. folks can can kind of can can learn more about us, can check out the blog, can check out the videos, the tips, the how tos on how we're doing things here, and they can also go to our homestead surplus store, which is. You know what we what we produce here that we have in surplus awesome. um, that we make available. They can go right there um, and buy those things. I know this year um, you had comfrey. Kind of, yeah, it goes into yeah, it goes into the, the, the permaculture kind of aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 comfrey for uh, for 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 healing um, yourself for healing the soil um, used um, as as an as an amazing um, uh, natural fertilizer, making a compost tea for all your vegetables and things. It's it's amazing what. You know, comfrey is one of the few um, plants that works super, super hard by mining deep and making uh, nutrients um, and things available, bioavailable, that no other plant can do. Um, and that's why it's incredible. So we have a lot of that that we grow here. Um, and we sell root cuttings so folks can take those root cuttings to their place nice. and grow those plants so they can make their own salves. They can make their own compost teas. Um, that's a whole show, too. We've oh, had yeah. so many injuries, broken bones, collarbones. Um, that have been mended back. The, the old, the old, old timer name for comfrey is called knitbone, huh. uh, and it, and, I, and we tested, and it works for that reason. It, it's it's amazing. Um, so so we're we're, we're we're selling comfrey that's available. Um, whenever the ground can, is is diggable, so you know, nearly all year round, um, you can order comfrey. We're we're going to have um, some uh, rootstock available this year as well. Apple apples, pears, um, some black locust um, that we're that we've grown out here on site. Um, those are going to be available. Um, Lots of there's so many things that we're going to be getting into um, this year, but in a respect, uh, more of a responsible, um, respectful to our times and our talents. Yep. A more smaller scale. Yep. Um, kind of a thing where we can have fun and enjoy doing it Very rather good. than just doing it because we have to. Um, so those are going. And of course, we'll have we're actually getting ready to bring um, our um, bacon seeds for this coming year on here in about four <laughs> weeks. They'll be here. So, so this year we'll have we'll have some pork, we'll have chicken, we'll have cool. turkey. We we'll have meat rabbits, but um, folks can, if, if they would, they can um, um, check into uh, naturesimagefarm.com um, and either whenever this airs, that site may either be up or not. Okay. Um, from uh, and you can always always find us on Instagram um, and Facebook at Nature's Image Farm. Um, you can also find me on Facebook uh, for at Greg Burns. Just look for the the hillbilly with a beard, and uh, you can find my wife Susan, which um, she's an amazing resource for homeschooling and cool. how in the world you actually manage this whole, um, you know, what, what seems like chaos. You can find her at Susan Burns um, on Facebook, and we'll cool. look forward um, to interacting with folks and you know building up some further building the the virtual community in the hopes that you know we can all get together and and build the the real deal face to face community. Wow, that's really exciting. I didn't know you guys were doing all that. So um, I will have links to all those um, all those spots in the show notes. And, uh, you know, whatever we can do here to help you along and promote your stuff, we're happy to do it because it's, it's an adventure. And, uh, you know, we're part of the virtual community. So, you know, 
uh, I'm looking forward to to seeing what you guys are going to do in 2017. It, it sounds good. So I'm really well. Th- thanks, Tom. I yeah. appreciate the support, and yeah. it's been great to get on here and chat with you. Yeah, Look it's been a, doing it again. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, there's there's so much material. It's ridiculous, but that's part of the fun. So thank you again, Greg, and uh, you know, take care of yourself, take care of that family, and uh, and we'll happy talk new to year. you soon. Yeah, happy new year, happy new year, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> thanks right, again. Buddy, take care. Yep.